for you, bring a sacrifice and present it. Regardless of whichever God you are presenting sacrifice, you know what happens as you drop that sacrifice? You come back, you leave. You don't ask the God, how are you using this sacrifice I kept? You understand me? Huh? Do you go to check uh, if they cut the meat properly or if, if it's burnt properly? You drop the sacrifice and you leave. It's no more yours, it's for God. Are you following me? Are you following me? Because what you've come to do this morning is to give yourself as a sacrifice to God. Are you following me? You know what that means? It means you are taking away. You are saying, I don't want control over my life. Everything about me now is not me that's handling it. You, you know it's not it's not a casual thing, right? Huh? You know it's not a casual thing. You're saying, go. You see, everything about me, I'm giving to you. Now, it does not mean that you are going to die. But God says something. He says, the life that I now live is <laughs> Christ that is living it in me. You understand? Because that's what I want to do this morning. Now, I'm going to give the point of your we're just going to sing that song again. Huh? But what you want to do is to say, Go, you see me, I give myself to you. It's a simple prayer, but I want you to pray it with all sincerity. You say, I denounce everything that does not have to do with you. Me, I give myself to you. Right? You are the most fortunate set of people in church this morning. If you, you don't know, you don't know why I'm excited. You don't know why I'm excited. God made this call himself. It was not me. I was going to just start the message. He said, there are people that are special to me this morning. And I want to call them. Do you understand? I want you to take them and say, God, me, myself, I give myself to you. Generation, keep praying. 
So we'll be speaking about the choir. We'll be speaking about the ushering department. We'll be speaking to drama. We'll be speaking to prayer departments. Praise God. So if you are in the house department, can I see your hands this morning? If your hand is not up, then you miss the part sight in church. The mic does not want me to say it. The welfare, please. Welfare is an important part of it. Welfare is in the helps department. Helps. You are helping the church. Any department that is helping the church is in the helps department. So if you are in the helps department, can I see your hand? Okay, let me give one more opportunity before I choose the parasites now. If you want to join a helps department before this month runs out, or you are in the helps department, can I see your hand? <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. It's important. And we are going to look at it. That's part of what we want to look at this morning. It's 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 a word that I know God has prepared for today. He wants someone to hear it. It's important that everywhere you are, everywhere you find yourself, you are providing value. What did I say? Everywhere you find yourself, you are providing value. Do you want to be rich? Do you want to make money? Money is attracted by value. Do you want to be relevant? Relevance is attracted by value. Do you want to be respected? Respect is attracted by value. Are you following me? Everywhere you are, it is expected that you are providing job to the neighborhood. And when we say neighborhood, or when we use the word neighbor, the general uh, idea is that it refers to people that live around you, right? Uh, and one man was confused like that one day and he asked Jesus a question. Because Jesus kept saying, love your neighbor as yourself. Neighbor, neighbor. Ah, ah. Oh yeah, who is my neighbor? Because I probably live somewhere in the bush. And I don't have anybody that lives around me. So, if we are saying joy to the neighborhood, does it mean that all the animals and bush rats that live around me should be happy. Who then is my neighbor? And Jesus in answering began to tell a story. He said a man was going from Jerusalem to Jericho and he met some things. Robbers on the road. And the pity, you know, we know the rest of the story. And three kinds of neighbors passed. One was a Levite. He saw the man, he passed. Another was uh, a priest. He saw the man and he passed. And then there was a Samaritan. Who by all arrangement and calculation has nothing that he was supposed to be doing in that area anyway. Because Samaria is not even in the area where we are speaking about. But then he came. And when Jesus was on, he said, which of this was a good neighbor huh? to the man? And the guy made his selection. 
Now, what was the underlying answer to who is my neighbor? Simply, simply put, your neighbor is anyone that you have met or will meet that will ever need anything that you have to offer. Hello? Anybody you have chanced upon, you've encountered, that there is something you have to offer to that person is your neighbor. So what makes you a good neighbor is your ability to offer value to the person. What makes you a bad neighbor is to see that this person needs this value and you pass. Hello? Hi. Is that a clear answer? Yeah. So join to the neighborhood. Tell your neighbor again, join to the neighborhood. We're going to look at two stories. I'm, I'm, it's, it's a manual, but I'm summarizing uh, the manual for the sake of our time. We're going to look at two stories. Second Kings chapter 4. Second Kings chapter 4. From verse 1 to 6. Second Kings chapter 4. From verse 1 to 6. So the plan was to even have a breakout section this morning and uh, have us discuss how we can bring joy to the neighborhood. Now, we may not have time to do a full blow but um, as we talk, I would want you to think, how can I bring joy to my neighborhood? And um, because I can call on anybody at any time to give me an answer. Second Kings chapter four, from verse one to six, and somebody else will read 8 to 16. I need two very fast readers. One person will read 1 to 6. The second person, 8 to 16. Are we ready? Okay, so we have uh, him and we have her. Alright, is there a mic? Okay. Now they cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be born men. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in thy in the house? And she said, Thy handmaid had not any had not anything not anything in the house, save a pot of oil. And he said, Go, borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors. Even empty vessels, pour not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon me and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet. A vessel, and he said unto her, There is not a vessel for and the oil stayed. And the oil stayed. Alright, 8 to 16. Sometime later. Sometime later, that's another story. Okay. Sometime later, Elisha went to Shunem, where he met a prominent and wealthy woman who persuaded him to have a meal with her. As a result, whenever he was in the area, stopped by to eat with her. So she had a talk with her husband. Look here, I've learned that this is a holy and godly man who comes by here on a regular basis. Now then, let's build a small upper room 
and put a bed in it for him then, and round with the table, a chair, and a lampstand. That way, when he comes to visit, he can rest with them. One day, Elisha came by to visit and stopped in to rest in the upper chamber. He told his attendant, Gehazi, call the Shunammites. So when he had summoned her, she stood in front of him. Elisha told him, ask her, look how you've gone to all this trouble to care for us. What can I do for you? Do you wish to be mentioned to the king or to the head of the army? She replied, I'm at home living among my own people. He responded, What then is to be done on her behalf? He has the answer, Well, she has no son, and her husband is growing old. Call her, Elisha ordered. After he called her, she came and stood in the doorway. And he told her, about this time next year, you will be embracing a son. No, sir, please, as a godly man, don't mislead your servant. Praise God. Praise God. Fine, I say that. Praise God. Now, these are just two sample stories. And I'm going to the details. But you will find that there is a pattern. There are many scenarios in scripture where people's testimonies are tied to hospitality, to neighborliness, to other people. Hello. The first story we read, as beautiful as that testimony sounds, huh? Elijah said, what do you have? Uh, this just one can of oil. Says that collects vessels. And then, you know, there was oil. And she told, and she settled her debts. It's, it's, it's a big testimony. But you know, that testimony would never have been possible without her neighbors. Are you following me? Are you following me? Imagine if she had gone to confessors. And the neighbors refused to give. When she saw the oil on the floor. So, we can safely say that her miracle was made possible because she had good, ne good neighbors. Yeah. Can we say that? Yes. But do you know that we can also infer that her miracle was made possible because she herself was also a good neighbor? Yes, sir. Say it again, sir. Because what if she had been fighting all those people? Well, all of you are witches. I am the only one that serves a living God in this compound. You people, all believers, you don't go to church. She'll be when Elijah told her to come borrow content. I said, borrow only from believers. All eh? believers, you people don't know God. There's one woman that used to do morning cry in my area. I used to enjoy her. I used to wake up early in the morning just to watch her. Well, her morning cry used to be funny. Because, um, it, it happened. <laughs> Especially when she starts approaching my side. Because there are some uh, compounds not too far away where, you know, there are these ladies, they come together and pay for a flat. And, you know, all of them stay there and they have to go out and walk, you know, and bring money. 
to survive. So when she starts coming towards the Nigeria, her message will change. A shower will not be found in the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> so, imagine if that was the kind of neighbor this woman was. And then one day she goes to borrow container from her shower. So, have you seen that simply being a bad neighbor can possibly propagate someone's miracle? Okay, let us even assume that she was not even fighting them. They were cool, cool, we don't talk that much. But maybe she had gone and borrowed one bucket from somebody before and she did not return it. How many of us are like this? How many of you have carried pen and you did not return it? <laughs> the next time you go, please, 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 I need to go to the and say, wait, 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 wait. Please. Yeah, ask another person, please. Affliction shall not arise the second time. <laughs> are we learning something? See, there are simple things, and, and it's 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 not every time, it's not a lot of times we talk on some of these little things in church. But there are Little things that can destroy someone's testimony. How about dirtiness? How about dirtiness? I told the story here some Sundays ago about my cousin that came to stay with me. Huh? And, um, you know, she came for an interview. She stayed for a while, wrote the interview, and did not pass. The ideal thing was she was supposed to go back to her parents' house. But for the three days she stayed before she wrote that interview. Because personally, I'm not someone that likes people in my space. I, I like my space so much. I'm, I'm very, uh, very private. Praise <laughs> God. But for the three days she stayed, she behaved properly. I've never stayed with her before. But she came. You know, Early in the morning she will wake up, she will clean up after herself. I love clean space so much. In fact, when I'm praying, she's not even in the area. I leave, I come back. So it was not hard for me to offer when she failed the interview. And maybe you can stay for a while and you know, let's try again. Because at least she was helping me wash plates. Huh? And she was cooking too. <laughs> and from that, okay, you can stay a little while. Now she has gotten a job. She's working. Now. Praise God. But you know that testimony wouldn't have been made possible. If I woke up one morning and thought that my bathroom was dead, I will not shout. I'm a very peaceful man. When she tells me 
Oh, you did not work and say no problem. You will try again next time, but you have to pack now and go back to your mother. And that would have been the end of it. Praise God. Good neighborliness, very key. You say, I don't know how some people are comfortable with being parasites. You stay in someone's house. You wake up in the morning, you cross your leg, you're pressing food. The person will cook food, wait for you. You eat. And you keep the plates. The next time, the person will cook again. You will eat. You will keep the plate. She means my brother's wife. He's our family. That is what they should do. And the day that she finally gets tired and says, see, I cannot bear this anymore. Come and be going. You will run the pastor. Pastor! Wicked people! Because I don't have anything in this Lagos. I came to this Lagos. And they pursued me from my own brother's house. You know, pastors, they're that, that blessed. They hear a lot of things during... During counseling. <laughs> <laughs> and you know he, he does not want to tell you that you are foolish at once so he will calm down calm down as well we are going to pray together <laughs> but the truth is the Bible says something in Proverbs chapter 18 verse 24 it says that a man that has friends must show himself friendly. Permit ah. me to say this other way. A man that wants good neighbors must show himself neighborly. You will show yourself a good neighbor. Please go. Enough of this parasitic living. I, I know a lot of you knew when I was staying with uh, Sister Mercy. I stayed with her for about four, six months. You know, throughout the period I was staying in the house, I go to work on the island. So that means I come back very late. I will come back around 9 p.m. I drop my bag in the room. I change, I enter the kitchen. And I start washing all the plates that the children have been, you know, traveling. She will be begging me, ask don't worry, we are going to handle this. I say, no. Please, this is the rent I am paying. Praise God. I'm talking to somebody here. Even in human relationships. Ah! No, he loves me so much. He's always buying me things. He's always taking me out on my birthday. He takes me out. On his birthday, he takes me out. <laughs> you know, children, we do this a lot to our parents too. Eh? Children's Day, 
Daddy will take us out. Father's Day, Daddy will take us out. Mother's Day, Daddy will still take us out. Pocket money finish, we will call Daddy. Pencil break, we call Daddy. On Father's birthday, ah, but Daddy has it written. What can we give Daddy that he does not have? We just post a king is born today. Hey God. And you see, it's 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 very deceptive, especially when you are in a relationship with someone that appears to not need anything. Has it happened to you before? There are people like that in our lives that when you want to think of a gift to give the person, it's hard. You feel like this person, what do I want to? Is it my 1,000 naira or you can buy something from this person? Those are the kind of relationships you must be very careful with. Because I'm going into the second story now. The second story, the woman first was a good neighbor. She saw Elijah. She said, come. Do you realize that she became hospitable to Elijah before she perceived that he was a man of God? It was not the other way around. So she was not doing it because he is pastor. She just saw that this man needed my help and I have something I can offer. And she started. And after a while she said, I perceive he is a man of God. Which means that we need something extra. So let us see how we can upgrade. Like that. So she was a good neighbor. But you know that that alone was not sufficient for her to get her miracle. Did you know that her alone being a good neighbor was not sufficient for her to get her miracle? Elijah too. Hello? Elijah too needed to be a good neighbor for this woman to get her miracle. What if Elijah was some of was like some of the pastors we have these days? Oh, I am a man of God. Everything should be done for me. My shoes, my everywhere I step my feet, it should be worshipped. And he comes in, he eats the woman's food, and he goes out, and he keeps doing that year in, year out. And one day the woman will ask herself, since I have been taking care of this man of God, nothing has changed in my life. Please, sir. Um, she will have to come up with a story. So we are planning to go for honeymoon next year. I don't think you can continue staying in this place. But Elijah, I saw something in Elijah that many people don't have. After Elijah did that for a while, he said, no, I cannot continue living here for free. Woman, what do you want me to do for you in exchange for this service? What is it that I can do? It was not God that told Elijah the woman did not need a child. It was not God. God never ministered to Elijah. What can I do for you? I am uncomfortable. Being a parasite, I cannot just be receiving and give nothing. What can I do? And see the funny thing, when Elijah called the woman, what do you want? The woman said, I don't want anything. I have everything I need. That is the relationship with a lot of people. What does this person need? You know, Elijah could have, Elijah could have relaxed at that point. She may have tried. I've asked her, 
Philip Brunebas asked her, What do you want? She said, I don't want anything. That's like most of you. If your father is doing it, I got ask him, Daddy, what should I buy for you? He's most likely going to say, Don't worry, just save your money. Don't worry. I don't want anything. It's my job to take care of you. That's what he used to say. There's nothing I need. But in being a good neighbor, Elisha did not let it die. As the woman left, he held the house. He says, whatever it costs, find out, find out something that this woman needs that I can give. Whatever it takes, find out something that this woman needs that I can give. And when the house is found, that is like these people needed a child. Elisha saw an avenue to also give back. Now I want you to think of the relationships. People that are around you, have you truly been a good neighbor? Or have you been a parasite in some relationships? There are some people in church. It's only welfare. I need this, I need this, I need this. Pastor, I need this. Pastor, you have not been praying for me. I need this, I need this. And when they say, it's time to take a gun and make a difference, offering. <laughs> Am I talking to someone this morning? Good neighborliness. There are many miracles that are tied to be a good neighbor. Time will fall me to speak on all of them. You remember Abraham? Abraham just saw four men on the road. By the act of being a good neighbor, he was able to save Lot and his family. Peter's mother-in-law may have died of malaria, we don't know. But just because he succeeded in inviting Jesus into his house. How about Zacchaeus? He climbed a and said, I am not coming down until you follow me to my house. And that was the root of his salvation. Not just his salvation. A lot of people's testimony, a lot of people's testimony was tied to that action of being a good devil. Because of course, he had to start restoring what was stolen to different people. So they won't be glorifying God. But where did it start from? Good neighborliness. Two introductions. I want us to see something. Second Chronicles chapter 14, verse 1. I'll show you two ways. People were introduced in scripture that when I saw, I stopped. Second Chronicles 14, verse 1. And someone else, Genesis 10, 25. Second Chronicles 14, verse 1. Genesis 10, 25. Yeah, let's see. Second Chronicles 14, verse 1. Read it, please. So Abijah slept with his fathers. Abijah slept with his fathers. And they buried him. And they buried him. In the city of David. In the city of David. And Asa is Saul. So we introduce a new person. Abijah has died. He's buried. We're introducing a new person. Asa is Saul, yes? Reigned in his stead. He reigned in his stead. In his days, the land was quiet. In his days, the land was peaceful. 10 years. 10 years. Let's see another introduction. 
Genesis 10:25. And unto Eber were born two sons. Unto Eber were born two sons. The name of one was Peleg. There was one particularly among the two sons who was called Peleg. For in his days was the earth divided. Because in his days the earth was divided. And his brother's name was Jotham. And his brother's name was Jotham. Two men were introduced in scripture. Perhaps it is not fair blame the condition of an entire company or an entire village on one man. Is it fair? Maybe it is not fair, but does it happen? Does it happen? Yes. Huh? Yes. When we mention Buhari now, what comes to your mind? Yes. May it not be said of you that in your days the earth was divided. There's something my grandma used to tell one of my small cousins when we were growing up. You tell him, see, I'm not saying that you are a thief, but anytime you are around, things used to disappear. <laughs> May it not be said of you that in your presence things go bad. If there is that kind of testimony, then in one way or the other, you are not being your best in that neighborhood. How can I bring joy to my neighborhood? Can it be said that in my days, church was always clean? Can it be said that in my days, for one reason or the other, church never lacked? Can it be said that in my days, people are usually happy? We don't know why, but that period that he was around, somehow, joy to the neighborhood. When the angels came to announce the birth of Jesus, they said, What? Joy to the world. And on earth peace. It is possible for one man to determine the condition of his locality. And what will that condition be? How can I bring joy to my neighborhood? I already gave this assignment. I would want to hear from two people. How can I bring joy to my neighborhood? Yes. Yes. You brought you want to say something? Since you are up already, you can help us and start. First of all, I I think by the, by looking out, uh, uh, okay, I was in business and also books is lacking in your area. Mm. And uh, especially those things you have solutions to, then you offer those solutions. Now, let me give you a practical example. We said, oh, no, we are talking to the doctor, we are not discussing. And in my compound, you use, like, before you know, somebody comes and picks it up. You, so, 
have to buy like three bags. The three bags, once you pay your clothes, before you know it, it's off. So our resolution now is to get more bags, get buckets, then hang it somewhere in the compound. So everybody just go there and pick up if you want to use the job. See, please can we put our hands together? This one is not for Jesus now. This is practical. You know, I don't know. I enjoy being practical when I speak. This is a practical manifestation of what I'm talking about. Okay, you want to please? Let's see. Recently, when I speak, Robin at night, I even mentioned it. So, 2 to 4 a.m., I find I myself waking up, praying, and all that. And I, I just called my children and I said, Come. If I had a bubble, it's kind of They the battery, they move the, the props, and everything was about 100,000. They wanted me to break my gates to open my gate. And I said, this cannot continue. And because of people, ah, we don't have more than we steal. We don't have more than we go for. And that's when I said, come. I have worked at school. And I pray. If I, if I, like as I told us the other day, I said, angels just guide my house. And angels will do that. But there was a day they now went to houses and they were rolling flats. Your name. You could see that 
I don't know, like, oh, I think Timmy talking, is this person talking to me? And he told me his name is Paul. I said, okay, Paul, yeah. So when I was coming back from where I went to, he greeted me again. And I knew it was because I asked him yeah. his name. And I go home, I told my husband about it. I said, see, look at what happened to me. The, the man, some of these guys, you two, you can ask for help, um, Holy Spirit for help on how to go about it. I may not have the opportunity to gather them to talk to them or anything, but I have started. The seed has been sown. So he now said he was also thinking along that line. So that's how we can be. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There's something as simple, it looks very simple, right? Yeah. As talking to someone. Look, this, this thing, I, I can't give you enough, enough testimonies of how much difference it has made, even in my office. In my office and where I work, if you come to the gates and say you are looking for me, normally they wouldn't let you in. If you call my name, security man will let you in. What's the simple thing that I talk to them when I pass? That's how they know my name. I've asked them your name. I know all their names. They know my name. So it's, once you just come and say, I'm looking for faith, they say, they go in. Praise God. It's some of those things may look basic, but it's an act of neighborliness. Yes, so let me hear from the final person. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How can I be joyful in my neighborhood? Yes. When you give, when you notice that your neighbor has a need, and those needs we are meant by you, you're bringing joy to your neighborhood. Praise so I will give an example. My neighbor, you know, she came to stay with her sister, with her kids. Though they don't have, they have accommodation problem and all that. So I noticed that the children are not going to school, like, and it was a burden to me. I was asking, how can I help, be of help to? So I called her, I said, why is it that your children are not going to school and all that? There was no money, so I advised her to put them in government school that she can afford to pay their bills and all that. So I was able to offer money for school fees. So that leap was made at that time. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's see what she has said in the scripture. First John chapter 3, 16 to 18. Because that's one of the key things the welfare department does. It's not a, a, a department to be toyed with in church. First John chapter 3, 16 to 18. Is someone there? Perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. Hold on. How did we know that God loves us? I mean, when we say Jesus loves you, when you go to evangelism, the first thing he says, Jesus loves you. It's becoming to sound like a recitation. And we verify this love. And Paul says, one easy way to verify is that he did what he laid down his life, he gave to us. Continue, please. He In the same way, we ought to also give, even if it amounts to our life. Continue. Listen, we are expected to give 
even as far as our life, that was the preceding verse. He now said, but he never even did your life. You just have some small change. You have goods of this world. And then you see your brother in need. And you shut out. Shut up your heart of compassion. How dare can we say that the love of God dwells in you? Us that you truly have this love of God. Continue, are you done? My little children. Let us not love in what? In words. But in deed and in truth. Hello. Let our word not be. You know, they say that if Jesus did not do anything. And we are going about saying Jesus loves you. You know a lot of people will not agree with you. In the same way, you want to be telling that person, I love you. I love you. Eh? Every day, I love you. I love you. And then, the day she says, help me carry this bucket of water. You say, I am the man of the house. I don't need to carry water. The love of God in you. In you. <laughs> Let us love not in words and in thoughts, but in deeds and in truth. Eh? I read one story last week. One lady posted online that she hung clothes outside. And went to work. Her husband was around. The rain was falling. The man did not go to bring in the clothes. And some of them even fell on the ground. And she came back and asked the man, What happened? Why did you see the rain is falling? And he did not bring in the clothes. And he said, I am the man of the house. Men don't used to go under the rain. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. I want to believe that that man does not attend any church because we cannot be raising things like that in church. It's not possible. I, I don't think we raise things like that in church. I don't think so. Because how dwells the love of God in you? Are we following this morning? So, one way, one way that we have seen. I want to round up. One way that we have seen that we can show love and bring joy to the neighborhood is through what? Giving. Through welfare. Right? You cannot take that out. Hello? You cannot take that away. Through giving. Welfare. That's the easiest way you can show love to anybody. Eh? But please, maybe let me talk to the men again. Women like to take advantage of this one too. <laughs> Don't allow anybody to use you and be threatening you with the word of God. Well, let me show you another verse that you can use when they use this one. Huh? Proverbs 3, verse 27. Let's go there. Proverbs 
Colossians 3, verse 27. You know, iPhone 14 is out now. So, iPhone 14 is out. Has anybody told you to buy for her? Nobody. Uh-huh. Proverbs 3, 27. Are we there? Are we reading together? Don't be told good things so from them to whom it is due. Mm-hmm. When it is in the power of your hand to do it. See, that is the first condition. There are two conditions in that verse. There are two conditions that you should know in that verse. Because sometimes it can be the power of your hands to afford iPhone 14. Yes? You may have the money, but does that mean you should do it? The first condition, he says, withhold not good for whom it is. For whom it is. Ah, the lady is not want to talk again. I'm not hearing the lady say again. For whom it is. So when someone is asking you for iPhone 14, ask, what have you done to deserve iPhone 14? Even if it is in the power of my hands to give it to you, is it due to you? I like to, I like to balance the gospel because that's how, you know why a lot of beggars used to wait outside church? Because they know you will hear this kind of message. As you are coming out, they will now wait for you. Yes, they taught you to give this money. Give me. The word of God is very balanced. Praise God. Let's go. How else can we bring joy to the neighborhood? How else can we bring joy to the neighborhood? Another very major way is introducing men to Jesus. Now, you may have nothing else to give. Back to the question of this man has everything. What can I give him? If that man does not have Jesus, you are richer than that man. Introducing every man to Jesus. How many of us have talked to someone? September is about to finish. How many of us have talked to someone about God in September? In the month of September. If you have, let me see your hand. Okay. Good. If you have not, open your Bible. And don't look at look at your neighbor. If your neighbor has not, if your neighbor's hand did not grow. Open your Bible. Let us read the verse to your neighbor. Huh? Are we ready? Second Kings chapter 7, verse 9. Are you facing your neighbor now? Or tap your neighbor, tap, tap your neighbor. So that you can pay attention. Tap the person very well now. Why you shy? Tap your neighbor very well. You don't want to tap and I should come and help you. Oh yeah, can you read that verse to the person? Second Kings chapter 7, verse 9. Each one go. Uh, it's not one another now. Then I am saying to you. Oh yeah, say, I am saying to you. Continue. Eh? What we are doing is not. I'm going to invite someone to church in the whole month of September. Nobody. Or oh, yeah, tap your neighbor again. Tap your neighbor. Tap that person very well. 
that the person very well now. Oh, say neighbor. Then I say unto you. What did you say? What you are doing is not good. What you are doing is not. Praise God. You cannot discover something as beautiful as Jesus and keep it to yourself. You see what these men say? They say that if we keep this thing to your money, something bad will happen to us. Let's not keep Jesus away from people. The last point I want to give you, last point, is that I can summarize and end the service. Another way to bring joy to your neighborhood, to be a good neighbor, is through intercession for others. Can we say it? Intercession for others. Can we say it? Intercession for others. Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. Let's run your quickly. Luke chapter 11. Someone can just read 1 to 10. Quickly. Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy, may your kingdom come soon. Give, each, give us each day the food we need, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. 5. Then, teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight. Wanting to borrow three loaves of bread, he said to him, A friend of mine just arrived for a visit, and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, Don't bother me. The door is locked for the night, and my family and I are in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. Nine. And so I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. Ten. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. You know the mistake we make sometimes when we read that passage. We interpret it as the disciples asking Jesus, teach us what to say. Are you following me? This man! You know that we are already members of the synagogue even before Jesus came. Most of them were older than him. If it was about the recitations, they knew how to recite. But they have been watching Jesus for a while. And one day, they caught him. They say, sir, we have been waiting for you to talk to us. You have been too busy. There is something we want to ask you. We have noticed that your own prayer is more effective. How is it that you just say to demons, go, and they go? Come, teach us how do we pray? How can we pray? Not what do we say while praying. That's the mistake we make. And so we decide, our Father, what you have, I don't be and you finish, and you feel like you have prayed. How 
stopping when you pray. And Jesus started. He says, let me explain. Let me start with telling you what you will say when you are praying. This is what you say. Eh? Was that not how he started? In verse 2, he said, and he said that to them, when you pray, do what? Say. This part is how you are used to saying it. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. And we will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day bread and water. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. Eh? Don't lead us to temptation, deliver us from evil. Uh -huh. Another mistake we make is that we put a full stop at that point. And we say, this is what Jesus taught them about prayer. Most times we don't take the pain to go beyond them. I want to take some minutes and show us more depth to what Jesus was trying to explain. I like the way Sister Chica's verse put it. He said, I'm teaching them more about prayer. Hello? So the first part we read was not even the major thing he taught. But that is what we conclude was Jesus' teaching of prayer. But since I'm teaching them more about prayer, he now started to tell them a story. Yes, all of us say this thing. But let me show you the impact. I am a man. I am in my house one night. And I suddenly discovered that everything has finished. Food has finished. I don't have what to eat. But then I said to myself, hey, no problem. It's already night. Let me lie down and sleep. Tomorrow I'll sort myself out. Or while I was preparing to sleep, I had a knock on the door. And there was this other friend that had traveled all the way from Mindubri to Lagos. And he has come to my house to see me. And as I open the door, I can see this man hungry and tired. I can tell that he did not eat anything along the road. Initially, I had planned to go to bed like that without food. But as I see this man, I realize, ah, I don't have anything to give him. Maybe me, I could have slept hungry. But this man cannot sleep hungry. And so I step out of my house. Look, it's already midnight. The most inconvenient time to leave the house. But I dress up and I leave my house. And I walk over to another friend's house. And I begin to knock on the door. And he says, yes, how can I help you? He says, sir, I need three loaves of bread. I have a friend that must eat this night. And my friend inside said, why are you disturbing me? It's already midnight. I am sleeping. My children are in bed. I have covered myself with clothes. Why are you disturbing? Don't worry, you can go. Tomorrow morning we have this conversation. You know, if that bread was for myself, 
I'll say, oh, no problem, sir. Sorry for disturbing you. I'll come back in the morning, sir. She be. But somehow, it has gone beyond me now. Because there is a friend at home that must eat bread. And so I knock again. I say, sir, only two things can happen this night. Is either you come outside or I sleep in front of your door. Because I am not going home until I get bread for my friend. And the Bible tells us that when this man inside comes out eventually, he does not give you three loaves of bread. He gives you... Uh, can we read it, please? Verse 8. I say unto you, can we read it together? Though he will not rise and give it to him because he is his friend. So, one, I am not coming out because of you. Normally, there is nothing that would have made me come out by this time of the night to answer you. You are my friend, quite alright. But I will not come to answer you because it is not convenient for me right now. However, I find a purpose in you that has gone beyond you. Hello? I have seen a purpose in you that has gone beyond you. And therefore, I am coming out not because of you, but because you have shamelessly persisted. Let's continue. Yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him what? Can we shout it as if we understand? You want to pray a prayer that is effective and that you result. It was on the basis of this that Jesus made the point in verse 9 and 10. He says, For everyone that asks, receives. And then we begin to say, Ah, but I've been asking, why have I not received? Hold on. You want to pray a prayer that is effective, you must learn to pray beyond yourself. Two people can be in church this morning asking God for financial breakthrough. What is saying, God? Give me money so that I can show my people that I have arrived. So that I can show my enemy that you are good in my life. You know that you have to make it look spiritual. I have to show my enemies that I serve a living God. Someone else is saying, God, give me money. Just enough so that nobody in my family will ever beg for bread. Again. Give me money so that my parents will not cry for food. Again. Hold on. When we say in Jesus' name we have prayed, now service has ended, let us go. Which of these two is likely to stay back in church? Which of these two is likely to stay back in church? Which of these two does not need me to say pray louder for him to pray? Eh? I want to hear your voice. Which of these two does not need me to, you know, pray, I'm not hearing your voice. Pray, pray, pray. Which of these two does not need that special encouragement to pray? Have you 
you see what makes your prayer inefficient? Because if it is about yourself, when you knock the first time, and he says it is okay, you can come back tomorrow, you will go. But when your prayer, when the purpose behind your prayer goes beyond you, persistence is not something you pretend. Hello? You know, we say, ah, I pray for six hours. I pray, listen. If your prayer point is about yourself, I can promise you will not pass 15 minutes. I will pro- you will not pass 15 minutes. If you want to pray for all your needs, even if you like, write all of them out in the book. You will read all of it in 15 minutes. But when your prayer goes beyond yourself, and you begin to pray for the church, you begin to, or maybe you've identified in my neighborhood falling sick there is lots of lots of robbery going on in this neighborhood god when is this going to stop you know that kind of prayer can keep you on your knees for six hours and you will not know that time has passed it is this kind of prayer that when you get into you are sure to receive an answer and listen there is another secret message that jesus drops there he says, when eventually you receive an answer, pray this way. The answer you receive is always greater than what you are requesting. What did this man ask for? He says, give me three loaves. He was specific. Give me three loaves of bread. But simply because he did not leave and come back tomorrow morning. He says, that when this man comes out, he's going to give you everything that you need. I don't know what makes Solomon, when others were giving two chicken, one cow, one goat, Solomon decided to give 1,000. But I can see an insight that it was not for himself. Because when Jesus showed up, eventually, I said, hey, you have been disturbing me. What is it that I can do for you? He said, Lord, these people you want me to lead, how can I go? It is only when the request goes beyond you, that is when you can do the extra. And listen, when God began to answer Solomon, he did not say, she, this wisdom you have been not disturbing me for, or you have wisdom, let me go and sleep. He says, in addition to wisdom, I will give you every other thing. The reason why we probably don't receive, and James started talking on it, he says you pray, you even fight to get, you steal, you rob, and yet you don't obtain it. Why? Because you pray amiss. And then, God will say, before now, you have not asked. So all the things I've been doing is joke. What have I been doing since God? He says, you have not asked. Because the asking I'm referring to is the request that goes beyond your personal needs. He says, your father in heaven already knows that you need these things. So can we seek first the things that pertain to the kingdom? But listen, God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So when you stay on the path of seeking for these things that are focused on the kingdom, when he comes, he says, every other thing shall be added. 
Is someone following me this morning? The prayer that works is the prayer that goes beyond you. Are we ready to pray this morning? I want to round up. Blessed be the Lord.
that when God answers the prayer, <laughs> He goes beyond. If you say, Lord, put in my hand something that I can use to change my generation for the better. Lava Kubri Hatos Pratoskia. Red Pepe Cobra Hatakani Pradoshi. We were not designed to live for ourselves. We were designed to live for others. It's in your manual. Whenever you try, you know the world is, is pushing us to be selfish. It's all about self-love now. Self-care. That was not in your design. That is not part of your design. We are designed to live for others. Come on, separate talks together. Every man go go back to the brownstone. May it be said of me that in my days things were better. May it be said of me that in my days the things that should not die did not die.